to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, take your Bible this morning. Go to Mark chapter 16. I have the word for you this morning that the Lord gave me for the year, for this church, especially this church, I think. This is more for this church, but other people too, you know, who are in the same flow, same vein of understanding the kingdom, moving into the things of God, so glory to God. God told me a couple weeks ago, a matter of fact, last year at this time, he told me that this year would be the year of invasion. So when you get that word as a pastor a year before, you start preparing people for an invasion so you can give them the word the next year and they understand what I'm talking about. Come on, are you following me? I mean, on Wednesday nights and during the times, we've talked about the authority of God over the Wednesday nights. We have talked about miracles. We've talked about the power of the Holy Ghost. What were all those things doing? They were seeds coming into you so that when the year of an invasion came, you would be equipped to invade. Sometimes you just think we get up here and do whatever we want to do. We don't do that. We're preparing you for the time that you're living in right now and for what's going on right now. And sometimes you have to prepare people for what you know what's coming so they're ready when that time comes. Are you following me? So this is the year now of invasion. We're going to start invading. We're going to start doing things we never did before simply because we're going to start to understand the priority and the purpose of God himself. If you're not in the purpose of God, your life just ain't that great. I don't care if you're a millionaire. I don't care if you own 15 homes. I don't care whatever it is. If you're not for the purpose that you're put here and created to do, then you're not really happy. You're proud of yourself, and everybody looks at you, and they think you're something. But how many know most of the people in the world now think they're something aren't anything? Come on, when you look at them from a spiritual standpoint, I don't care how much money they got. I don't care how, how good they are at something. The key is, are you doing what you were put here to do and what you were created to do and put here on the earth? And many people don't know why they're here. Lord, let me live long. Why? You don't even know why you're here to begin with. Why would you live longer, for God's sakes? See, so we want to understand what God's purpose is. And when I found God's purpose, I realized that my purpose was in His purpose. His purpose was not in my purpose. I've had plans and they just haven't worked. Oh, yeah, because they're your plans. He's not get on, going to get on board with your plans that aren't in line with His plans. He only gets on line with His plans that are in line with your plans. Are you following me? Yes. Hallelujah. Okay, well, most of you are already confused, so we'll go ahead and read. <laughs> Didn't take long this morning. It's 1130. All right, Mark chapter 16. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene... No, we can't start way back. We've got to move up. Let's go up to verse 15. All right, this is the last thing Jesus said in Mark. It's in red. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature he that believes and are baptized will be but he that believes not will be and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name you shall cast out devils you shall speak with new tongues you shall take up serpents if he drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall do what recover, recover. what we're entering into this year is a spiritual battle it's not a physical battle it's not a, a battle of of government it's not a battle of any of these things it's a spiritual battle that's going on in each and every one of our lives 
But the thing that we have to do is get the focus off of our life and get it on God's purpose of what he wants to do. And we know if we line up with God's priority and God's purpose, he promises us that all these things will be added unto us. So as long as we've got God's plan and purpose, we don't have to worry about anything because God's going to do what God said he would do. And that he's going to take care of us financially, he's going to take care of us physically, he's going to take care of us emotionally, he's going to take care of us in all those things. So we need to know his plan and his purpose. So we're fighting against spiritual rulers of the darkness that basically came into the earth because Adam messed up. How I many you know he messed up? So God creates man, he creates Adam and Eve, and he puts them in this great garden. It's a wonderful place. He tells them to rule and to reign. And when they rebelled, they not only lost their dominion, but they lost his kingdom. Say his kingdom. God's heart was to make earth just like heaven created, put mankind there to live in peace and harmony and joy and health and all these things. So it'd be just like earth, same it is in heaven. How many of you know that's the Our Father prayer? Well, when Adam fell, the kingdom was lost. It was gone. It was erased from the earth. But how many know it was still taking place in heaven? So what's God's purpose? God's purpose is to restore the kingdom of heaven back to the earth. That's it. His... I tell you, if you get this, it'll change your life. If you just get this. His purpose is to restore and take back the kingdom that belongs to him that's on earth. Because when man fell, say Satan and all his demons and all dark came in and took over the earth. Well, God still wants his kingdom here on the earth, so he decided to take it back. So what did he do? He sent his son here in the earth from heaven, who was full of his kingdom, to suffer and die so that he could reproduce other people who would be like him so they could take back the kingdom of God here on the earth. That's God's purpose and plan. People say, well, Jesus came and forgave my sins. Yes, he did. Jesus came, and because I got born again, he made me righteous. Yes, he did. Jesus came, and now because I'm righteous, I got the Holy Ghost. Yes, you do. But all those things are so that you can do your job in taking back the kingdom of God back into the kingdom of God. See, you, you need to have forgiveness of sins. How many of you know that? You need to be righteous with God, and you need to definitely have the Holy Ghost. Say the Holy Ghost. So what did he do? He's equipped us into a place now when you got born again and you were told, do your best because someday you'll go to heaven, try your hardest. All that stuff was garbage. You were born again into the kingdom of God. You're a citizen of God. You are equipped for heaven. But heaven doesn't need your Holy Ghost up there. He doesn't need your power up there. He needs it down here because we are called ambassadors. Say ambassadors. See, ambassadors, we're going to a foreign country. How many know you're an alien in here? Some people think we're in, we're in the earth and the devil's invading. No, the devil's here and we're invading him. This whole earth is in darkness. It's under the spirit of darkness. So God's sending secret agent ambassadors into the earth realm. And I found out I was one of them. I found out I was equipped. I may walk by somebody in the street. They don't know who I am, but they may find out they stick around long enough. See, because there's a call on the inside of me. He wants to take his kingdom back here in the earth realm. He wants to do it, but he can only do it because he said, let us make man and give him dominion. God does not have dominion down here unless he has somebody in a body who has dominion down here. You know, sometimes I thought when I was younger, why don't God just come in and slap the heck out of Satan and get this thing over with? Because he's true to his word. He gave us dominion. He gave mankind dominion. So God doesn't have dominion. He's got dominion down here through you. He's not in control of everything down here. You are in control of your life down here. Well, God made me do it. No, he didn't. The devil made me do it. No, he didn't. You did it. Everybody wants to have an excuse. Well, the devil made me do it. He couldn't make you do it even if he tried. 
You understand? He's defeated. So what, what's God's thing? He wants to restore his purpose. His purpose is to restore the kingdom of heaven back here in the earth realm. How many of you live on earth? Then you've got a responsibility, don't you? Now, when I found this out, number one, it gave me direction. What am I here for? I'm here to help get back the kingdom of God. That's what I'm here for. It gave me a purpose. What am I here for? To take people who are in darkness, people who can't see, people who are spiritually oppressed by demonic powers and jerk them out of the power of darkness and bring them into the kingdom, then equip them and send them back in to take some more ground. I remember back when I was back in grade school, we used to, during recess, the 7th and 8th graders had recess together. I was in the 7th grade. The 5th and 6th graders had recess before us. They were there, and we had this fort that we built out of snow. How many have ever been in snow? How many of you really love snow? Okay. So they went out, and they built a, we built a fort one time. Well, the 8th graders were bigger than we were, and they took that fort over. So every recess, they went out, and they occupied the fort, and we couldn't get back in our snow fort. And we built the thing. That was my fort. I put a lot of hard work into that, making blocks and everything to get in there. So what we did was we decided to equip ourselves. See? So we got the 5th and 6th graders, who were an hour ahead of us, to do nothing during their recess but make snowballs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And let me tell you, when the day came and we came out there and the snowballs were already made, see, we always got defeated before, but we had enough snowballs to take them this time, praise God. So we start grabbing them snowballs and we had reinforcements come. We just threw them, threw them. They were out of snowballs. We just went in and slammed them and beat them. Why were we equipped to invade? I don't think the church at this point has been equipped to invade. Don't understand who we are. We don't understand why we're here. We don't understand that there's people in the kingdom of darkness that need to be brought out into the kingdom of light. People talk about a great revival and a great end harvest. The harvest is already harvesting now if you know what you're doing. So as a church, we want to do that. We want to invade the lives of our family. We want to invade the lives of our friend. Every place we go is not a job. It's a mission field. I got to go to that job again. Yeah, until you get everybody where they're supposed to be, you're going to be at that job for 50 years. Get them all saved on fire, born again, you'll probably move someplace else. God don't need you there anymore. He'll move you somewhere else. We look at everything as, oh, us, oh, me. We've got to get me out of here. My wealth, my fortune, my my money, my, my friends, my, no. Are you concerned with advancing the kingdom of God in this day and this hour? That's what really matters in this day and this hour. We are going to start snatching people. Out of the kingdom of darkness, one at a time. Say, one at a time. So what are you? You're like the EMS of the spirit world. There are people down here almost dead. They're on their last leg, and finally they cry out. God says, there they are. Ring your little buzzer, put on your siren, and go get them, praise God. So you go down there, and you check them out. They might need mouth-to-mouth. Whatever they need. We do in the spirit realm, sister. God said he breathed, and the spirit of God came. You can have the natural. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're talking about spiritual things now. But notice, he's got to call on somebody. And if he calls on you, and 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 he calls on you. And then you come home every time and say, I think God was telling me to do that. I'm not really sure yet whether I was or not. Well, his purpose is for you to do that. And if you're going to go with his purpose, you've got to do what his purpose is in order to fulfill your purpose, which is in his purpose to get people out. Praise God. The book came out at the end of last year. I don't think it was a a fantasy or something that happened. I think it was the timing of it. I think this year now some people have given out the book. How do they evangelize? They just gave out the book. They just gave out the book. But this year is going to take the book and more. See? Uh, Oh, you need healing? Read chapter this and that. No, it's going, you need healing? Be healed in Jesus' name. 
Here's a good book for you. This is just what happened to you right now. Because there's going to be a transfer right now. The kingdom of God is on the move. And people are changing every day. And all we hear is bad news, bad news, bad news. It's trying to distract us. It's trying to keep us in the world. Worry about this. Worry about that. Worry about this. Wear this. Don't wear that. Do this. Don't do that. None of that stuff makes a difference. What makes a difference is are we going to do what God called us to do? The Bible tells stand against the wiles of the devil. Say the wiles. You look up that scripture, it's actually influence. So notice, back in my young days, I was afraid of getting caught while under the influence. They called it DUI. <laughs> What's that? Driving under the influence. You don't want to get caught. Well, basically, every human being that you run into is under the influence of something. I'm not talking about alcohol or drugs. I'm talking about spiritual influence in your life who are influencing you in your life, whether it's the Holy Ghost influence or whether it's demonic influence. Everybody's under the influence of something. So what do we want to do? We want to live under the influence of the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is in line with God, and He will draw you to people. He will tell you what to say. He will use you to do people. Let me just ask you a question. How many people did you witness to last year and get born again? I don't want to look at anybody when I said that because everybody looks in a different way. Yeah, how many? You went through a whole year and you didn't tell anybody about the Lord. You didn't testify to anybody. You did because you were trying to be a good little boy and a good little girl because you never know when you're going to die and you want to go to heaven when you die. So I'm just doing my best, you know, to do the, 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 which is the way religion does. Religion is all based on your performance. Get off your performance. Get on his performance. It'll take care of your performance. See, I'm trying to be righteous. No, understand that the blood made me righteous. Now I can live that way. I'm just trying to get the Holy Ghost. Send him on down, send him on down. The Bible says you got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is on the inside of you now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not just on Sunday from 10.30 to noon and Wednesday nights. Every day of your life, the spirit of God is there. Christy said this morning we could ignore him. How many know we can? Now, nobody in here has. But we know there's people out there in churches that do ignore him all the time. But notice, you've got a call, and, and all these worries and cares that you're dealing with in the natural all the time, when you start doing what you're supposed to be doing for God, they seem to go away. Amen. Your financial issues seem to go away, and your nervous issues go away, and your worries and your fears start to go away. And people walk up to you and say, why don't you have any worries? And you say, I don't know. How come you're not afraid of anything? I don't know. I'm just extending the kingdom of God. I'm just doing what I was put here to do, and it seems like everything seems to work out after that. You can be having the worst day in the world. You run into somebody who's down and out, and you lead them to the Lord. You'll forget all about the worst day in the world. Forget all about the car breaking down, all about somebody screaming at you, your dog doing this or that. You'll forget all about it because it's a spiritual thing, and it was a purpose that you were created for. We talk about celebration. You're not going to celebrate till you do the purpose of God. But when you do the purpose of God, you don't have to even play a song to celebrate. See, because on the inside of you, your spirit man's doing somersaults, jumping jacks, jumping up and down. He's saying, that's it. That's it. That's what you're supposed to be doing. That's what you're supposed to do. Here comes another one in the kingdom of God. Here comes another citizen. Here comes another recruit. Snatch him out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So that's what we're doing. That's our everyday thing. That's what we do. We go to the grocery store to get food. That's correct. But you never know. You never know. See? And for years and years, can we talk this morning? Yeah. For years and years, even good Christians did their best to shield their kids and themselves from the world. Well, we're going to put our kids in a Christian school, and that's okay. So they grow up and they're around Christian people. I'm going to have a job where I have a Christian boss. Yeah. 
and Christian this and Christian that. Well, if God puts you in with a boss who's a demon, that's probably where he wants you. Come on now. One of these days, it's going to be the world that's afraid of the invasion of the church. Come on now. Rather than the church, so afraid that somebody's going to contaminate their little boy or little girl. Train your boy and girl right and tell that devil to get out of here in the name of Jesus. Hiding and afraid of this and afraid of that and afraid of this. It shouldn't be that way, praise God. They should be afraid of you. And when you come into that job, praise God, they need to know there's something different about you. They need to know that you're happy, you're wealthy, you're moving on with the things of God. And God forbid if they ask why. <laughs> don't you dare ask me why. <laughs> Pastor said, don't push it, but if you say why, you're going to get it. <laughs> and the bad thing is we think people are happy out there. They're content out there. They're doing good. No, they're all looking for the same thing we were looking for at one time. Come on. You remember your old life. Dear God. Thank God you're away from that now, right? You would have loved somebody to come and make some sense to you and get you out of your mess back then. But you went on for 30 years. Oh, another drink will take care of it. I mean, you know, it didn't take care of nothing. It just added to your headache. Yeah. So there's people out there right now, and I believe, like Jesus said years ago, the harvest is ready. Now, if it was ready 2,000 years ago, it's got to be getting rotten by now. Right? I mean, it's been there forever. Somebody needs to pick the darn thing. It's there. People are looking. People want something. People want something fresh. And they all know that they're part of a kingdom on the inside, but they just have to know that it's available to them now. And it's a spiritual thing. So we need to get them born again so their eyes are open. Say their eyes are open. See, when you got born again, it's like you stepped into another arena. All at once you read the Bible and it made sense. The stories that they read you as a little kid actually made sense. And all these things started coming forth because your spirit man was made alive on the inside of you. You were made righteous with God and filled with his spirit. But not just to sit around and tell everybody you are. Not just to lay hands on everybody and knock them down. That's part of it. You understand? That's part of all equipping, which is what I'm supposed to be doing is equipping you for the works of the ministry so that you can do it, not me. I don't equip you so I can do the works. I equip you so you can do the works. So your, your position, your, your thing to do in the year 2022, and I don't care what you did in 2021, it's gone. But I never witnessed to one purpose, one person. I don't care, that's gone. You ain't, can't go back to 2021, but you can start in 2022 right now. And you can be looking for people. When you go out to lunch today, it should be a nice lunch. It should be great. But there also be a radar you've got up where your purpose is to invade the kingdom of God. Because most of the time, that poor little waitress, come on, probably no husband, five kids, running up and down, working 14 hours a day in there. And all you want to do is grumble about there's no salt on the table. Come on now. Probably don't need that much salt anyway. <laughs> See what I mean? We get distracted so much. Well, they're taking too long. Well, my God, there's no pepper on this. Well, I ordered something else. And all the time, this lady's crying out. She's got four kids, no money, living by herself, can't do a thing, and you're the answer. See, God sent you in there as a, a, a torpedo, an undercover agent, and you're too busy messing around with everything else. So he's got to send somebody else in, and he's got to send somebody else in, and he's got to send somebody else in until somebody does the job. Come on. This is a brand new year, man. You ought to have a little calendar there, and I brought this many to the Lord and this many to the Lord, and by the end of the year, you ought to have a calendar full of people that you witness the gospel to. Come on. Well, I don't really like that witnessing stuff. A lot of times they reject you. Good. 
The Bible says if you suffer persecution, you're blessed. He didn't say you wouldn't suffer it. He said, if you suffer persecution, you are one blessed person. So every time they say, you're crazy, I ain't going to listen to you. You say, I'm really blessed. Can you really bless me and curse at me on the way out? Thank you. See, but we don't, we don't want that, do we? As human beings, we don't, we don't want anybody mad at me and nobody to dislike me because I've only got three friends now and I don't want to lose one of them, so I don't want to do it. And I want everybody to like me, everybody to like me. They'll like you when you plant the seed, somebody else waters it, and the harvest comes, they'll come back to you and say, man, I should have listened to you in the first place because you planted that original seed and now exploded on the inside of me. And you don't know with the people you touch what they're doing now. See, people say, well, your church isn't that big. I don't know how many people that I touch are out there right now with churches of a thousand people. I have no idea. But that's not the point. The point is to get people ready to go. And, and one person can change a whole area. One person can change a whole family. You know how this stuff ripples through the family? You know, people say you shouldn't get together because on Thanksgiving, everybody will get COVID. Well, if you're Holy Ghost field, they probably shouldn't get together because they may all get the Holy Ghost. See, but we don't think that way. We're, we're conditioned by the world to hide, to do this, to do that. We're not hiders. We're invaders, for God's sakes. We are kings and priests unto God, the Bible says. We have authority and dominion, God says. We are filled with his spirit, God says. We can heal the sick, God says. We can cast out devils, the God said. And all these things he didn't say conditionally. He said, do it. Just do it. These were his last instructions here in March 16. The last thing he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every what? Creature. Say every creature. All right, if you got a problem, witnesses, go out in your yard. The first lizard you see, witness to it. You'll get no rejection. You won't know if they accept it or not. You can just feel like you got him saved, and you can go rejoicing and celebrating. That's what it says. Every creature, does it not? All right, so praise God. Practice on something, for goodness sakes. Dear Lord. Till you get it done and get it right. But this is the year I think that people are just about full enough and going to go out and do some damage in this area. I mean, we're here in Fort Pierce for a reason. How many know there are multiple needs in Fort Pierce, Florida, Port St. Lucie, Florida? We've got more and more people coming in every single day, and all these people need to know, praise God, that there's two kingdoms, and they may be in the kingdom of darkness, but they can be rescued out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, where there's forgiveness and there's power and there's glory into their life, praise God, and they can live in peace and joy and victory every single day of their life. All right, go to Matthew chapter 4. All right, Matthew chapter 4. I guess we'll go ahead and read this. All right, Matthew chapter 4. We're like 14 scriptures running around my head right now. And we'll do this one. All right, look at verse 8. So when Satan came and tempted Jesus, he said again, the devil took Jesus up into an exceeding high mountain, showed him all the... 
kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and said unto them, All these things will I give thee if thou will fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Notice what the devil was offering Jesus here. He was offering the kingdom, wasn't he? He was saying, I know why you came. Nobody else does, but I know why you came. You came to take back the kingdom of God, and I'm going to give you that kingdom. All you've got to do is bow down and worship me, and you can have the, all the kingdoms of the world that you came back to get. How I many know Jesus didn't fall for it? But notice, this is the battle in your life too. Satan comes to you, and he wants you to live in and participate in one kingdom rather than the kingdom you're a citizen of. That's why you have things to come to worry you every day, things to come to mess you up every day, distract you every day, because Satan's coming, and he knows if you ever figure out that you're part of that kingdom and you've got the power to extend that kingdom, he's going to be in trouble. So he has to distract you. And how many know this was a temptation? How many would rather bow down to the devil or go to the cross? Somebody says, well, I never bow down to the devil. Well, probably on the way here to church. See? So it's all about the kingdom of God, isn't it? It's all about what we're going to do as far as taking back the kingdom of God. All right, go to Matthew chapter 13. Got to speed up a little bit. Somebody took all my time this morning. Oh, really. Latasha and Ben are valuable to this ministry. I want you to know that. And their daughters are really my daughters, so just don't. That was part of a signing deal. They signed on, I got their daughters. Yeah, I had to take the other two because they come with them. All right, Matthew chapter 13, look at verse 24. Another parable. Now, we already know all the parables in the Bible are about what? <laughs> kingdom of God. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, did thou, didst not thou sow good seed in the field? From whence then has its tares? And he said unto him, An enemy has done this. The servants said unto him, Will thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both them grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles and to be burned but gather the wheat into my barn now this is talking about the kingdom of God say the kingdom of God so what is the kingdom of God like is that me it's not me or is me I can go to handheld I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me <laughs> figured I better finish it before one of you did all right, so it's talking about the kingdom of God. It's talking about somebody who sowed wheat and somebody who sowed weeds. How many know that might be talking about the earth? How many know there's some wheat here? Amen. And there's some weeds here. And how many of you ever, as a wheat, thought, why don't you just kill these? Come on, you ever thought, just get all these weeds out of here and we won't have any trouble. 
But he says, no, no, they've got to grow together. And why do they have to grow together? For two reasons. Because the wheat needs to influence the weeds so they're no longer tares. Who's the wheat? We're supposed to influence the weeds. Now, what's a, another thing, why doesn't he pluck them up right away? He says, because they look the same. That means there's some weeds and some wheat that look just like weeds. And we wouldn't know who to pluck up because even though in the kingdom of God, they look just like the weeds anyway. So we don't want to pluck them up because we may pluck up some wheat along with the See, so he says, let them grow together. Why is he saying that? Because he's showing us that our purpose here is to influence those who are tares and who are weeds to get to a place to when the time comes, they're now producing fruit in the kingdom of God and they won't be burned in the fire. They will be entered into the kingdom of heaven. So he's got the two together. He never said separate the two. He never said complain about the other ones. He said, you're here for a purpose. You are here to influence the one. See, so we're growing together. What are we growing together with? These people, we're, the church is here. What is a church here for? To invade the kingdom of God into the earth realm, to get it in here so that Jesus' life and his purpose is fulfilled here on the earth. God wants to extend. How many know that one day the earth is going to be just like heaven? Going to be a good place to live. There'll be nobody to save then. How many know that? There'll be no tares anymore. There'll be no weeds anymore. But we're here to make a difference now. Say now. And this is our time period. I don't care what age you are, time goes fast. People say when you get older, it goes fast. It went fast when I was younger. You know? And your time here is precious to God. That's why you're valuable to God. Sometimes I believe God heals us not because we hurt or we need healing, because he needs us to be healed to do what we need to do. You see? Because his purpose never changes. So if his purpose is for you to touch people's lives and you come down with something that's a really bad sickness, God wants to get through there somehow through somebody to heal you so you can fulfill your purpose, which is actually his purpose, which fulfills his success. Are you following me? People say, oh, I heard a heal, heal. That's not the reason. I don't think he heals us because we hurt. I think he heals us because we have a purpose. He gives us money what for? We have a purpose, don't we? Why does he want you to have a million dollars? Because he knows you're going to use it to invade this earth realm with it financially, to put your money in the right place. He don't think you're going to build a castle and live in the thing and, and wear million-dollar clothes and everything. That's not what finances are for. And as you get older, you know, you work when you're young and you try to accumulate this and try to accumulate that, but as you get older, you think, I'm not going to take any of this stuff with me anyway. I'm getting older every year. If I died tomorrow, what's all this crap? Who's going to want it? <laughs> think about it. Just open your closet up and say, are my kids really going to want this stuff? They'd take one look at our house, they'd say, burn it down, we'll start over, my God. But at the time, boy, it's valuable. We got the closets full of it, we got the garage full of it, we got everything jammed in there that you haven't looked, and I haven't looked at for 10 years. Sometimes you go back and say, my gosh, I forgot I even had this thing here. And then, God forbid, you got something you like, you leave batteries in can't get them out with a hammer and chisel they've been there so long but what is it it's once again all about things and all about inquiring this and having a bunch of money and doing this and then we idolize that oh that guy's a millionaire that guy's this that guy who cares I'd rather have two dollars and be doing something in the kingdom of God that I'm supposed to be doing when I die and go before Jesus and be a millionaire and never did a dang thing the whole time I was here and then people with that kind of money think they got an opinion that everybody cares about 
Well, this is what I think. Who cares? Come on. Just play basketball and shut your mouth, for God's sakes. Come on. Come on now. What are they? They're legends in their own mind, aren't they? They think by their putting their statement out there, everybody and a lot of people are that way, praise God. Come on, some people buy Nike shoes for $450 when you get the same thing for 25 bucks. Why? Because it's got a check mark on it. Because everybody wants to identify with something. I want to identify with Nike because I got Nike shoes. I want you to know that. I want to get a designer purse. I want to get this. I want to get that. Always trying to get into somebody else's identity. My God, you got a better identity to begin with. Amen. Come on, you're a child of the living God, for God's sakes. You're full of the Spirit of God. It doesn't matter if you wear jeans. Some people are getting a revelation. They're wearing holy jeans right now, and they don't even care. <laughs> jeans with great big holes in. They're wearing them all the time. They don't care. And that just shows you how things can affect people's mind. I go to school as a little boy. I'm coming home. I get in a snowball fight. I put a hole in the knee in my, in my jeans and then in the knee. I get home and I get the stick. Now you wear jeans without holes and you're weird. Come on, same people. It's people, isn't it? One time you're going to get sticked for it because you tore up your new jeans. And the next time is, what are you wearing those stupid jeans for? They ain't got any holes in them. It's because our minds are played with all the time to determine what's going on. But if this year you can just understand that I am here to invade. My job invades. My, my friendship time invades. When I play basketball, I'm invading. When I go to the store, I want to invade. Whatever's going on in my life, I want to invade and bring the kingdom of God into that. Where there's a place of strife, I want to bring peace. Where people are screaming and hollering and arguing and fighting. I don't want to get into that. I want to be the calming effect in that. I want to be a calming effect in my family when it gets together. We had our whole family together for, what, one or two days, praise God. And it was peaceful. It was nice. Probably because of the baby. I don't know. <laughs> Got to give her credit where credit's due. But that's the way it should be. People should see something different in us. If you go to your job for, you know, people think their whole life is to go to your job for 30 years, complain every day, then finally retire, then get done, and you don't know what you're going to do now that you retired because you were used to working every day, so you don't know what to do. And So you go back and get a job for $6 an hour to take up your time. To, that's not what life is all about. That's not what Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. No, well done is doing what he gave us, which was the kingdom before the foundations of the world. The kingdom of God was before us was already there. God already prevented. And then he made the earth. What was the earth for? To be inhabited. See? He, he didn't make Mars to be inhabited. He made the earth to be inhabited. So the people on the earth are here. But you have an opportunity now in the time that you're here, in the day that you're here, and it's not when, you know, I'm a little bit older, I ain't got kids running around, some of you got kids running around, other responsibilities, but your main responsibility is investing in the kingdom of God in their lives. So even if you've got little kids, you've got a wonderful time now to invest in their life. Don't think you're going to send them to a, a private school that calls itself Christian, and they're going to raise them up as good Christian kids. Because a lot of places that we went to, I mean, I sent my kids to a... I sent my kids to a place, and it was, it was Christian, but I found out when I grew in the Lord, it was the most re religious institution I've ever seen in my entire life. It was all about works. If, are you behaving? Aren't you behaving? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? It was all about discipline and all. They never told them about the Holy Spirit. They never told them about authority. They never told them about all this stuff. Thank God I was learning at the time. But there's a difference in schools. Some aren't any better than the others, except you've got to pay for them. 
See? So you've got a responsibility to your kids. You, you train them up in the way of the Lord. You do the best you can. When you get older, you're going to see a lot of things you did right and a lot of things you did wrong. But it's, it's you know, it, well, it's their first time as a kid. It's your first time as a parent. And then you become a grandparent, and it gets so easy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Talk about the promised land. I'm telling you what. Dear Lord. Perfect, praise God. But now you've got it figured out. So what are you going to do as a grandparent? You're going to try to teach your kids everything you did right and keep them from everything you did wrong. Because we did right. We did wrong things. We were in training the whole time. That's why families are supposed to be this way. Grandparents can help the parents. The parents rid in the children. It goes around again the second time, and it just keeps flowing. But basically, we have got to get in the kids younger. And that's why, you know, the kids' ministry up here, praise God for Bethany up there. Praise God, you know, for Charlene up there. These are women who are serious about the kingdom of God and growing their kids up in the things of God. Praise God. And what's going to happen when they get older? That's the way they're going to think. They're going to get to high school and wonder if they're in in some kind of ozone layer because everybody's talking different than them, thinking different than them. But that's okay. There's got to be at least one wheat in amongst all them tares. Because that's the only thing that's going to change them. Don't worry about the tares changing you, praise God. You're strong in the Lord and in the power of His mind. You know the Word of God. Most of you in here have been with the Word of God and studied the Word of God. Some of you are new. If you're having a difficulty, go to one of the older people who've been around, you know, and just ask them. I'm sure they'll help you with any answer you got. Many times we've been through what you've been through or whatever. But we want to grow up and we want to be stable and we want to be strong. And we want to make a difference. 2022, there's going to be an invasion of the church into different areas, into people's homes, into your families. Don't give up on your families. I tried and tried and tried. Well, just pray about it because sometimes families don't quite listen. It amazes me how much good information I get from all the failures and successes I did to other people and they still don't take it. And then they come back to me complaining about how it didn't work out their way. See, there's wisdom in people's lives. Find somebody. If you have financial difficulties, find somebody with some wisdom. If you're having other difficulties, find somebody you know who has wisdom in that area. And go get that wisdom from them. They'll show it to you in the Bible. They'll grow you up. We want to become stable so you can help other people. But you've got to get other people on your mind. You've got to get you off your mind. Poor, poor, pitiful me. Oh, nobody loves me. Oh, I do so much and nobody cares about me. I just wonder if anybody's ever going to like me. I just wonder if anybody's going to bless me. Get me out of there. You're not here to please you. You're here to please God. And when you please God, you please yourself. Praise God. Hallelujah. So praise God. I'm excited about this year. I mean, I was so excited last year when God told us basically that we were going to give out books for free. I said, praise God, let's do it then. And, and we're going to give it out. And I believe it was a breaking ground for some of you to go out now and witness. Come on, you got jobs. You got family. You got friends. You got things out there. I'm not telling about sticking Jesus down their throat. I'm talking about moving in the Holy Ghost and making an influence. I tell John all the time as a school teacher. And I tell people all the time. I say, he's, he's got an opportunity to make an influence on kids yeah, yeah. at that age. My son is, is, teaches physical education. He's got 40 or 50 kids in every class. He may be the only influence one of those kids ever get that turns them in the right direction. It's not, oh, a stupid job, and these kids are nuts. And I know they're nuts. I know it's a stupid job. I know it don't pay much. But still, God got you there. He thought you could do it, or he would never would have put you there. Do you see? I play basketball with one guy who coaches young kids basketball. I coach one guy who teaches class up there. I'm telling them the same thing. They're tired of hearing it, but I don't care. I'm going to keep telling them. 
I said, hey, you're a blessed man. Blessed. Oh, hey, well, yeah, you are. You, God puts you in responsibility over 30 kids, and you've got an opportunity. Even if you touch three or four of them and change their lives and change their families, if everybody does that, we're going to be doing pretty good in a couple of years, praise God. So wherever you're at and whatever you're doing, you're not there by happenstance at this time. You're there because God has put you there. And he puts you there because he can trust you there. And if you're coming out of a mess, that's fine. We've all been in a mess. At least I have. I can't talk for you guys. I don't know who you are. But I was in a mess at one time. I didn't care about anything but me and my life. But now I know it's different. God is calling TCVC to invade. And I mean, Luann started that little group down there. Some of you know it. Some of you don't. Who's on Thursday nights. I mean, they're invading. They're getting people who are having difficulties. People who are having problems. They're bringing them into a group, so they join down there. Some of them now are coming to church here. What is that for? It's all part of the kingdom outreach. Reaching out, going out. Others you in here have ministry. Susan's no longer here, but she's ministering all the time to the poor, to the homeless people out there. I mean, well, that's part of God's work. It's all part of it. God said, you've seen me hungry. You've seen somebody hungry, and you fed them. And they say, when did we see you hungry? He said, well, once you do it to at least my brothers, you do it to me. So all this is part of the kingdom of God. So this year, get to focus off. Let's invade. Invade and celebrate. Invade and celebrate. Invade, pull another one in and celebrate. Praise God. Hallelujah. the key.